The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. Now I'll tell you something very interesting that happened to me in Costa Rica. So two weeks ago, I was by the Shabbos Project in Costa Rica. Now, Costa Rica, Central America, where they all speak Spanish and I speak English, was great because I got up to speak. I didn't know what they were, what they were saying. They didn't know what I was saying. It was the, the best speech I ever gave in my life. Everybody was clapping, right? Because they didn't, they didn't understand English. But it was, it was really nice. Now in Costa Rica, there are 20... There are 2,000 Jews, total. On my block in Flatbush, there are 2,000 Jews, okay? The whole country, Costa Rica, there's 2,000 Jews. Of the 2,000 Jews, there are 20 Jewish people, not families, 20 Jewish people that are Orthodox. None, none of the people in Costa Rica, most of them are not Orthodox. At the Shabbos Project, for that Shabbaton, 550 people came. So one quarter... Of all the people in Costa Rica, one quarter came to the Shabbos project. So it was very, I'm kidding about the Spanish. I spoke in English, they understood English, it was beautiful, it was amazing, it was fantastic. Monty Shabbos, we had a Malava Malko. This man comes over to me, now he's totally not religious, his wife is totally not religious. This man comes over to me and says, Rabbi, could I tell you a story? Um, would you like, do you ever repeat stories? I'm like, nah. <laughs> I never repeat stories but you know what tell me the story so he says I, I want to tell you the story what happened to me he says so I'm not religious and my wife's not religious we don't really keep anything much um, he says so I went I fly a lot I went to um, Chile he went to Chile and he said I went to Chile and I went, I went on business right before the holiday of Sukkot he says my wife totally not religious Always wanted a sukkah. We're married 20 years. She saw, you know, a sukkah once, and she really wanted to have it. But we never, we never, you know, we don't, we don't eat in the sukkah. We don't eat kosher. So, like, he said, and for some reason this past year, on, a, on Friday before sukkah, sukkah was Sunday night, on Friday before Sukkot, um, she got into her head she wants a sukkah this year. She didn't tell me anything. She went to her friend. She has an Orthodox friend. And she said, do you think I can build a sukkah in one day, Sunday? Because it was already Shabbos, and you can't build a sukkah for Shabbos. So she said, the friend said, yeah, I'll help you with it. To make a long story short, Sunday they built a sukkah. Her and her friend, and she put some nice stuff in it. And then she shocked her husband, and she sent him a picture of the sukkah. And he said, where is the sukkah? We're like, who, you know, the rabbi's sukkah? She goes, no, I built us a sukkah. He, was like, he said, I was like so proud. Said they had nothing. He was like, I was so proud. And I decided, I was supposed to come home, like in a week, I decided I'm going to come home, it was Sunday, I decided I'm going to come home Thursday, because I want to sit in my sukkah, and make a blessing. Okay, beautiful. He says, I get on the, he says, now he tells me, Rabbi, you don't understand, it's very Kabbalistic, but I have guardian angels. I have angels that are always working with me, and I have miracles happening to me all the time. I'm like, okay. Um, he says, so I get on, he says, I come, I'm, I'm, in, uh, I'm in Chile, and I want to come home now, right? So I want to be home for Thursday. She so says, I always fly the same airline. I don't know which airline or whatever it is. He says, they like me, I have, I have a relationship. He says, I get to the airport an hour and a half before the flight. Now, it's international because Chile and, and, and Costa Rica are not the same country. He says, I get to the, to, the, to the counter, and the lady says, sorry, flight closed. He says, flight closed. It's an hour and a half before. What are you talking about? Flight closed. So, 
he goes to, he's the type of guy that doesn't take no for an answer. He goes to the supervisor, the supervisor, okay, we'll put you on the plane. But you don't have luggage. He goes, no, no, I have luggage. I have three suitcases. Oh, no, suitcases are loaded. You can't. They're going to miss the plane. Da, 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 da. He goes, listen, I need to be home. And the reason he was going home was to eat in that sukkah, not religious man, eat in that sukkah on Thursday. So they fly from Chile to I don't know where. It stops there. Then they switch planes and they go from wherever that stops and they go to Costa Rica. He does this all the time. Anyway, he's fighting, he's fighting, he's fighting. Finally, he gets on. They say he can get on the plane. He gets on the plane. And he's thinking the whole time. He's telling me, I'm thinking the whole time, what's the problem with my guardian angels? Why did they do this? Like, why went, where were they? Like, I always get on the plane. Why, why were they trying to hold me back from the plane? I don't know. You know, what's up with them? Okay. He gets on the plane. They're flying. They're taking off. They're flying a little bit. And they get hit by lightning. Now, lightning hits planes many times. But if it hits the plane in the engine, have a nice day. Say, Tzul Tzaderech, Shema Yisrael. That's it. You're, you're done. Because the plane, usually it blows up. He says, this lightning hit the plane and the, the engine, you saw this huge like fire come out of the engine. And the plane dropped like 10,000 feet in two seconds. He said people were crossing themselves. They were bending down on the floor praying. It was over. He said, and the, all of a sudden the plane like straightened out and the pilot brought it back up. He said the pilot didn't say one word. Stewardesses didn't say one word. People were throwing up. People were white. Everyone was freaking out. Okay? He says, and if I, it lands. It lands. He goes into the next plane. He tells the pilot, you know, I just got off a plane. The lightning hit the engine. The guy pilot said, lightning hit the engine and you didn't crash. You should know you just had one of the biggest miracles because if it hits the engine, you're not, it, it, the plane's not making it. So he's sitting on the plane. He's like, a miracle. I had a miracle. Fine. He comes home. And this is what he's telling me in the story. He says, I come home. And I, 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 my wife says, how was it? Whatever. He tells her, we got hit by lightning. And, and the other pilot said it was a miracle. And he said, and I, I didn't understand why those, my guardian angels didn't want me on the plane. Whatever it is. He says, but Rabbi, that's not the point. I want to tell you why I was saved. I said, wow, you know why you were saved? Tell me why you were saved. He said, that day, my, there was someone died in Costa Rica. And they went to bury him in the Basak Forest, in the, in the graveyard. And the, the men went, I guess it's a minute, I don't know, whatever it is. The men went, and the women stayed behind. I guess they were, they were burying a man. She said, and I was standing there, and there was a Tehillim. There was a Tehillim in Spanish, Hebrew and Spanish. Um, and I opened up the Tehillim, and I started, I figured I can't go to the grave. Let me say a prayer for the dead person. And I started reading Tehillim in Spanish. He says, Rabbi, you're not going to believe it. I asked my wife, when were you reading the Tehillim? And she said, the exact time that I was on that plane, that I got hit by lightning, that's what she was reading the Tehillim. My wife's Tehillim saved my life. Isn't that an amazing story, Rabbi? I'm like, I don't want to blow your bubble. I don't want to bust your bubble. But your wife's Tehillim did not save your life. And his wife's standing there. She goes, what do you mean? I said, I can't say for sure that a Tehillim saved your life, but I could say for sure that the Gemara says, right, and the Torah says, Shluach mitzvah enu nezakin. When someone's going to do a mitzvah, you're guaranteed not to get hurt. Nothing can hurt you. When you go, to do, when you go back, you can get hurt. When you go to do a mitzvah, you cannot get hurt. I said, you were going home to make a bracha in your sukkah. So you are a shliach mitzvah. What saved you, your wife's Tehillim is great. 
And I, I don't know what that does in Shemayim. But what saved you was, not your wife's Tehillim, but your wife's Sukkah. And his wife is staying there and she goes, now I understand. Rabbi, I wanted to build a Sukkah for 20 years. I said, nah, I'm not religious, it doesn't mean anything. But this year, for some reason, it was Friday already. And Sunday night was the holiday. And I, I just could not get it out of my mind. I must build a Sukkah. And I thought I was building it. Just so, now I understand. I built a sukkah to save my husband's life. So I said to him, it wasn't your guardian angels that were trying to stop you from getting on the plane. The one that was trying to stop you from getting on the plane was the angel of death. Because had you not been on that plane, those other people would not have been saved. The whole reason that the plane was saved was because you were on that plane and you could not be hurt because you were going to do a mitzvah. So the ones that were trying, the one that was trying to stop you wasn't your guardian angel. The one that was trying to stop you from getting on that plane was the Malachim Abbas. I said, and you should know that your wife didn't only save you, but she saved every person on that plane. The reason I'm telling you this is, imagine a person who doesn't eat kosher, a person who doesn't keep Shabbos, a person who doesn't keep Taras and Meshpacha, a Jew in Costa Rica that keeps nothing, nothing. Hashem saved his life because his wife built a sukkah and he had in mind that he wants to make a blessing. Who knows what the blessing would be? He wants to make a blessing in the sukkah how surely us, right? How surely people who do mitzvahs, right? How, how Hashem watches every little teeny thing. The plane got hit by, by lightning but he couldn't die because his wife built a sukkah for 20 years she wanted to do but she didn't do it. But this year she did it. Everything a person has to realize that everything in life is written. The, the whole, the whole a person's life. Every little nudge. You you think you want to do a mitzvah, and you think you don't understand why you want to do the mitzvah. There's a reason. Everything that a person, all those feelings. The problem is that many times we push those feelings down. We have this feeling. I want to change. I, I went to a shir, whatever it is. I want to change, right? And you really want to change. You don't. I don't really know why I want to change, but I really want to change. And then you don't change, right? At the end of the day, she, she had the choice to build a sukkah. She could have said, Sunday's too late to build a sukkah. You told me to build a sukkah Sunday. How am I going to build a sukkah on Sunday? But she had this drive. They were pushing her. You have to listen to that voice in your head. Ended up saving his life. So he, uh, I changed the whole story. I told him that he can go to Torah anytime and listen to it. Um, I, changed, I changed his whole story. He thought it was Tehillim. Again, it might have been the Tehillim. I don't know. But the Shluch Mitzvah, and a person goes to do a mitzvah, they cannot be hurt. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.